Do we have to do the normal intro? What, what even is it? It's just welcome to the Techmo Podcast. Um, I think we could probably just start talking, like just a cold, like a cold open. Would this be the cold open? I think so. Oh, right okay. Now. Yeah, right now. Mid yeah, this is the cold, cold open. And then this is where the jingle would start. So we're sitting here on the Techmo podcast once again, not sticking to our normal schedule because who has a schedule? That's ridiculous. Why would we have a schedule? <laughs> uh, we're doing just fine. Hey, you know what? If people if people subscribe to us and they regularly listen to our irregular scheduled podcast, then I think we're doing pretty good. I like the idea of an irregularly scheduled podcast <laughs> maybe that should be our new byline new irregularly scheduled podcast uh today we're sitting with john potus one of our good good friends here in the denton area but soon to be portugal area yes very soon That's, thanks guys for having me super pumped yeah 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 so so i'll i'll tell i'll say how i what i know about john and then john can fill in the gaps here's what i know okay. john came from lubbock uh he went to texas tech uh, he does some kind of sound engineering things uh, and used to and does still record live shows, maybe, or is a not, fan of it. Not live shows anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. But, yeah. but uh, big fan of doing live shows. Of, yes. Yeah. Uh, is, was, currently does WordPress development and other type of development. Not so much WordPress anymore. Just other random running, things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, also, he uh, hangs out in Denton, and he's soon moving to Portugal with his wife, Dallas. Yes. Cool. What did I miss? Yeah. I mean, pretty much just (laughs) moving to Denton four years ago, it's been straight up um, web development focus. Like, yeah, like back in Lubbock, I was doing um, audio engineering, sound recording type stuff, and then moved to Denton and kind of switched it up straight into web dev. (laughs) Did... uh, did development for like agencies for a while and then switched over to contract about two and a half years ago and just been contract since then. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what you, what were you going to school for at tech? Um, well, before tech, I went to South Plains College in around Lubbock, which mm. is, was for uh, sound technology and then commercial music and then live sound engineering. And then I went to tech for electronic media and communications, which I guess somewhat related to <laughs> web area. Hmm. And uh, was really just trying to find a way to like freelance doing audio engineering, and then that kind of got me more interested in doing web development, websites, trying to figure out how to like just freelance it on my own, you know? Yeah. So was it more the? So what was the motivation more ha- having something that you could do as a freelance job versus? Yeah, totally. I'm just, uh, like always been shooting for like a higher hourly with less hours. That's completely remote. It was always like remote was a big focus, um, and like goal for doing web development. Yeah, I mean, when did you realize like remote was like a thing that was possible or that you could do, <laughs> like reasonably live on? Well, um, I guess I didn't really realize remote. I didn't know it was called. I guess remote. I was thinking more like 
I was doing uh, like live sound engineering and that was a higher, much higher hourly rate than any of the other jobs I'd had. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if I can do more of this, you know, that'd be fantastic. And then um, started doing like the website to try and find the freelance opportunities for that. And then realized, oh, you could like do something like this on the road, you know, you wouldn't have to be locked down anywhere. That's kind of where the idea came from. Uh, and then just after working in agencies, found out the remote's an actual thing and that seemed pretty interesting. So, so were your first uh, experiences like actually going into an office and like working for an agency and you know having kind of like a more quote unquote normal schedule like nine to five or was yeah was it immediately here go ahead oh yeah it was definitely a nine to five person when we first moved to Denton was just trying to find a anything like web dev and then found a, a entry level position at an agency here so I was there about eight months and um, yeah that wasn't just straight up eight to five and then straight after that uh got a remote position with the same company i still do contract with that's so been the same same guys like three years and that's been remote since then nice yeah yeah so so what what kind of like uh i'm not gonna say like trick to you but like <laughs> like what was your transitioning look like from doing primarily like audio focused type of work to more web development and then i know for example that you uh now do or maybe still does like podcast editing for Mm -hmm. people as well so like how did you go from like audio to like web and kind of like now it's a blend of Mm -hmm. basically whatever the hell you want to work on right yeah so during that first like eight months at that first agency uh just getting like hammered with major loads of stress that I wasn't used to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just kind of like missing, um, just working with audio, because I love working with audio, um, live sound and just studio wise. So I was trying to figure out like, how could I like reincorporate that back into my life? Like, what do I actually know something about that I could freelance on the side with? And so just like working, doing web dev, just listening to a lot of podcasts. Uh, I hadn't really listened to podcasts so much before then. And just like realized how terrible so many of them were, audio sounding wise. <laughs> Not even like major problems, just like just some small tweaks, like EQ or like compression stuff, would really like make it amazing, you know. So I thought, yeah. hey, that would be sweet to work that in somehow, and it could definitely be used. So I just try like throw together a website one weekend, um, and just like put it up there for a uh, podcast production services, so, like kind of like just taking all the audio and all the post-production sending it back so strictly like the editing side of it and like no no clients for like ever so <laughs> like maybe eight months later finally got some clients going so it's like a really slow growth kind of thing but like had it for about three years now and it's kind of just, just sustains itself and it keeps me doing some audio stuff every once in a while yeah how did you even get those first clients like how do they show up at your door i i don't even know really how they found me like i would do i'd write like posts about different eq and audio mm-hmm. techniques in post-production and i guess this started to rank um i'm pretty sure that's that's mainly it like i rank on a probably the, if you eq like or I mean, if you search podcast eq settings or something like that i'm like at the top of that one nice i'm pretty sure it's that guy <laughs> yeah. So, huh. yeah that's really so so it was a combination of like part part of your strategy for creating this company was like also creating content online mm-hmm. for free kind mm-hmm. of so yeah kind of being like a, a good internet citizen with sharing information it's <laughs> a good way to put it good right. internet citizen yeah yeah i've heard that's not my term <laughs> but yeah exactly because like i guess i realized also pretty early on that 
most podcasters don't have expendable money to like pay for these services. So I started kind of like trying to split it into two groups. So like DIY resources for just like podcasters doing their own thing. So they could actually make a better podcast episodes, you know, like uh, the problems that I was hearing when I was listening to them. But then also the services being more focused towards like businesses that have like a podcast related or linked to it for like their marketing efforts is more who I'm shooting for, for like the services. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it kind of worked out to have that content creation on the side. Yeah. So yeah. more, more companies where the, they'll produce a podcast that's kind of part, part of their like marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Cause then it's like not linked directly to an income. It's yeah. like build up their other existing business. Like yeah. A perfect ideal area. Yeah. Yeah. Like a great example, like that I can think of would be one called, um, uh, fix that for you, uh, FTFY, which is for segment, which is like an analytics tool. Oh, yeah. And so they do like a lot of stories around how like data, like people solve problems with data and it's like mm-hmm. how we are, you know, working with diabetes or how we like made a love algorithm or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. always about some kind of like data thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of like use that as part of their marketing channel. It's yeah. a really interesting one. If you guys haven't heard of it. Oh yeah. No, so, I haven't heard of it. Cool. Yeah. Some- some kind of, well, I'll, I'll, there, there's one other that I know of. Like, I think Intercom has like ten different podcasts. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. They'll do like design. They they have at least one that's like just for design systems, and another one for this for like project management. They, you, you know, you, even though they're not really like like their product is. Re- like relatively small and focused, but they kind of which work. is why I was like, "Wow!" Yeah. Like, <laughs> like your product is a chatbot. They have and- books for everything too. <laughs> like, like they have these amazing. Uh, you know, like 60 page manuals for like how to run your Kanban and all kinds of stuff. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a really good, like it, it, it like builds rapport because yeah. podcasts kind of are this really great, you know, for, I mean like medium for having a lot, like having a lot of information in a, mm-hmm. but in a very like digestible, um, format. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I mean, and, and to your point from like the types of people or whenever you like listen to podcasts, you're like, oh man, like I heard this really great like podcast, but it just sounded poor or mm-hmm. poorly or whatever. Uh, I know I can speak firsthand. Like we definitely went through a couple of hoops, like learning how to do podcasting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was because the first one I listened to was a guy who worked at a Stoke, at the co-working space uh, named Jacob and Jacob ran this podcast called the not so <laughs> not so boring tech tech writer and uh and i listened to a couple of episodes and they sounded great for the most part i think the the biggest issue was um the guest uh audio was kind of not so awesome because most of them were, were remote and uh i was like man this sounds great like how do you produce these podcasts and he's like i just have like a yeti mic and <laughs> i just call people up <laughs> he's yeah. like and i use a skype recorder and i was like I literally have no reason not to like not yeah. to run a podcast. So, yeah. so we started with the Yeti, but then we figured out like, oh, if you want to do more than one USB mic on a Mac, you have to do this weird like MIDI grouping thing yeah. to like make device drivers, right. and like that didn't work out. And I remember we lost like almost a like we lost a whole podcast on our second recording with Dave, oh, uh, yeah. and we had to like have him come back in and like redo it. And this was after we. <laughs> I talked to John. I was like, John, listen, man, like we've got some problems. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do we do? Uh, and so John actually helped us put together some of our podcast stuff. 
Yeah. So. With the sweet setup. It is. Cool. I am. I. It needs to be John approved. That's what I. I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's great that y'all do it in person because yeah, you never have those connectivity issues and it's yeah. a vibe. Yeah. Yeah, it's so difficult. Like it's it. It does kind of throw off the the listening experience a little bit. I think when you have like two people who are in a studio and sound really good, and then the like the phone, someone's just on their phone. <laughs> like they're on their bike. Like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wind's blowing into. Yeah. Can you say that one more time? Yeah. I think what, uh, what, like one of my favorite podcasts, um, art of product, like what the, the, I, I think their setup is like the, the other person will record themselves, uh, like on, on their machine and then send the audio and mm-hmm. then someone just like cuts them together basically. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. We tried to do that once it didn't go well but i just it was just because like i don't have the resources to like manage that yeah. that's why you have someone like john to do that for you so yeah don't uh, leave john <laughs> <laughs> well that's the point is that now you can do all this work remotely right. so yeah, exactly. so we mentioned you're moving to portugal so yes. like what made you decide to do why that? portugal why portugal <laughs> maybe that's the, le- I, the least interesting part <laughs> i will say i use brave as a browser and and you can uh subscribe to brave advertisements and get like cryptocurrency as like mm. your, your reward and i Bad get tokens. this ad um, like at least once a day or at least every other day that says portugal is one of the most popular places for people to retire to because it's it's really hmm. inexpensive to live there. Yeah, I believe that. So, <laughs> and it's like really mild, like very the the weather is like pretty stable. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get too hot. Doesn't get too cold. Yeah, it's like most most sunshine days in in Europe. So, wow. Yeah, I think it's probably like the warmest part of Europe. So, hmm. I think that's why everyone's retiring there. But <laughs> I actually remember why we decided to go. So we went last year, my wife and I, um, for about five weeks. I don't know why we chose. Portugal, because I've always wanted to go to Spain, but somehow we ended up going to Portugal, and just immediately fell in love with the country. Um, I think it was like the first week we were there, we were just sitting in these gardens, and uh, we were just like playing around with ideas, just like back and forth, like, oh, it'd be so crazy to live here. And then, oh yeah, it'd be so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should just move here. Like, oh, maybe we should just move here. So, yeah. <laughs> we are just like teasing each other yeah. until you like, yeah. make this major life decision. Exactly. And yeah. both, by the end of that conversation, we were both saying like, yeah, let's totally move here when you finish school next year. Um, and But we were, let's like hold back, pull back on the reins in, uh, in like five weeks at the end of this trip, see if we still are feeling that way. And we were 100% just even more excited. Um, so we've been kind of moving towards that this past year and it's kind of like still in, in progress currently because of visa situations are a bit, a bit slow. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, hopefully within the next month, we'll be in Portugal. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. so also I've noticed like over the past year, you've done quite a bit of traveling. Mm-hmm. And so have you been like working and traveling or like how has that kind of worked out? Yeah, it's always been working traveling, which is why just the remote situation works out so well. You don't have to like lose money or stop making money to support yourself while you travel, which has been amazing. Um, so yeah, just uh, traveling kind of, I mean, the last two months we've been kind of nomading it just because uh, waiting for that visa. So mm-hmm. traveling around Texas and like uh, Arizona and New Mexico a bit. And we also did a, a large or a longer kind of road trip two years ago or Mm-hmm. Two years ago, yeah, uh, like around the west half of the U.S., so it was about two and a half months, and that was really fun. Uh, just kind of like working in cities during the weekdays, and then on the weekends, kind of like going to like national parks and kind of going off the grid for a bit. So nice, well, like that. That's cool. So, do you have to kind of organize your your week 
uh, around that? Are there, I, I, I would assume there's gotta be like special, um, consideration that you have to make if you're trying to get like an eight hour work day in while you're also like on the road traveling. Yeah, yeah definitely. So like we try and like book Airbnbs for at least three or four of the weekdays just so like for sure I know that there's we have like internet for most of the week um, and they kind of just winging it on the weekends because it didn't really matter too much but it definitely went into deciding like where we traveled like we really wanted to go to Glacier National Park but there's not too many cities up there with like strong internet <laughs> so we kind of had to bypass that one but yeah it was kind of like planning between large metropolitan areas mm-hmm. for working yeah yeah nice yeah and and I know you mentioned you you started this like 12 products is it like a product a month kind of thing that was the idea was that was the idea oh. so we're three deep in <laughs> and it's uh, july so it was a, i was sticking with it like pretty well um until about march and then picked up like this different uh so like i contract with this agency but we kind of branched off and working on this this actual product together also like some members of it so that's kind of like been taking up my last can we uh can, can we like lay the foundation yeah. for that a little bit yeah, more because that's a pretty ask. big and, and and there's more stuff that i want to ask about with like digital nomading and mm. self-management and that kind of stuff but yeah so you're doing this thing you're trying to or you know at, at least at the beginning of the year like you set out with this really kind of crazy goal of trying to launch a pro to push yourself to launch a product every month right and a product is means like something that can make some kind of income for you, correct? Yeah, is exactly. That, just yeah. like the the basis level MVP of a, a product idea. I was wanting to, sh- to launch like one, yeah, a month and just see if there's any traction. Definitely not mm-hmm. the first person to, to do that. I feel like there's a ton of people doing that now. Um, but just mainly to try and force myself to get some ideas out there and ship some stuff and mm-hmm. get used to like flexing that muscle and... Um, Kind of like overcoming some of those fears. It's kind of scary to get mm-hmm. put yourself out there and put stuff out there. So, is that part of like is that like market exploration kind kind of things where you're, where you're really just trying to collect data, or are these like ideas that you already are pretty confident at and and are just um, ha- having to do? I feel like it's a bit of both. Like I, I for the first ones, it's kind of like mainly focusing on building out these ideas just to like get something out there to have like a win early on of just mm-hmm. shipping something uh with the idea was to then build up on like some of the more solid ideas and like focus more on marketing them as they as we go throughout the year um but yeah i mean we're currently we're only three in so i'd love to jump back on it that's pretty good <laughs> i mean if i launched three products in a year that would be that'd be pretty <laughs> pre- yeah i mean i'd be proud of myself yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it, is, is that something where you could let yourself, like, you kind of let the idea sink if it looks like it's going to sink and focus your attention more on something else? Or do you try to, like, maintain them once they're sort of... Um, yeah, that was, that was the idea. It's just, like, kind of drop them off um, if there was no traction. So yeah, they're kind of just sitting there, you know, so... I think that's super cool. I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned, like, with the podcast uh-huh. business initially, that took something like eight months to, like, actually start getting traction so yeah exactly. maybe things just have to live and like breathe a little bit before right people start paying attention to them i feel like i'm more interested in like that super slow growth sustainable slow growth anyway like i don't want to put in the resources or time to like even deal with something that was try- like trying to mm-hmm. ramp something up quickly or like force um, something into the market yeah, and, yeah. yeah exactly 
Um, yeah, I would like to try and get back on that next couple of months. Maybe hit like six this year. I suppose I think it's doable. So, what are the products you're trying to launch so far? Um, the first one was just like a uh, super simple app. I was just interested in a mobile app. I was interested in like looking into React Native. Native, so just built mm-hmm. this little like Git contacts app. So it was like pulling in stuff from Git and like a focused on like developer. You mean like GitHub Git? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah GitHub Git. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was going to integrate with also like GitLab and GitHub. Mm-hmm. So the first round was just you know uh, GitHub and see how that how that works. There's like a few hundred people that use it in like I guess the Eastern Europe. It's like that's where the demographic Interesting. Yeah. So I haven't really checked on that at all. But um, then the second one was um, this positive impact tech jobs. So like uh, tech jobs focused on like making a for companies that have like a positive impact in different like social, environmental, health related fields. Mm-hmm. So just like there's been plenty of times where I just I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I'm gonna do something that's like making something positive. And, yeah. You know, it's so all just like be googling around like trying to find a developer position that has meaning. You know. I'll I'll, I'll tell you just from like talking to a lot of developers and like going through the process and interviewing with companies and things like that. One one thing I hear a lot is people who came who like quit their jobs and sometimes even almost quit programming because they worked at some you know um so so crushing yeah some like (laughs) legacy company that like is almost from another era and you know that's like um maybe ethically dubious sometimes or you know or doing some kind of like um like predatory loans on users or whatever because like that's what they've been doing forever and yeah there's definitely like um, a lot of people, I feel like, particularly developers who like want to have some kind of meaning, or mm-hmm. like at least, even if it's not like their main job per se, but one like right. want to be able to find those things. Yeah, I think that's cool. I do. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's like every eight months, even though like I enjoy the people I work with and the job I have, uh, you like just sink into some a deep depression every like eight-ish months, <laughs> and then try and do something different. Um, but yeah, I totally relate with that. Uh, that's yeah. where that idea came from. Was uh, pull myself out of it. Yeah, yeah. I I get those thoughts every now and then where I'm like, I'm just making something on my computer that shows up on someone else's computer, mm-hmm. but like it doesn't really do anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, and and even, uh, it's like, I mean, I think, uh, programs are these huge, complicated <laughs> things, and like we are. I I don't think it's wrong to to like call yourself an engineer, even though you're kind of you're like a digital like everything is just like on it's still just like um non-corporeal in this way and it's kind of like we're we're in this look at the screen i made the thing on the screen that's being painted and made it but it's um yeah sometimes like you need something a little more tangible Mm -hmm. um so what's your last idea um, the last one was kind of more focused on uh, focusing more on the, the podcast business. So, like, it was still using this old WordPress site um, with really kind of janky, like, payment setup and stuff. So that was just, like, rebuilding and gutting everything and um, getting to work some different technologies I was interested in. So that was kind of, like, a, a little bit of a, an easier one. Just kind of, like, a fun, like, 
laid back. Something like more in like your your like normal like lanes, and it's right. just like like ah oh, yes, and just there's so many bugs I just wanted to fix. I just yeah. need to get those fixed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> check that bad boy out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. I like that. Um, it it can also be like a maintenance <laughs> thing. It doesn't have to be a totally new product every time. Yeah, totally. It's really just like a good tool, you know, like anything that helps you motivates you to do anything that you're excited about, you know, it's like a win. So Yeah. What have you kind of learned from going through this process of forcing yourself to get put something out there in the world? Um it's actually like a lot less development than I thought. I feel like hmm. in like in this month, like you mean time, like coding? Yeah, the coding. Yeah. yeah. So it's like trying to think about and plan about the idea. It was like two weeks. It felt like at the beginning, and then just actually building something only took like a week. Really, you just chop off those features, you know. Mm. So I feel like you can just chop off like half your features over and over and over again, and uh, you can still ship something you mean like what so you have this idea initially like it's going to do all these things and just mm-hmm. whittling that down to something yeah. that's like what's the actual value yeah well, the most valuable yeah, thing yeah totally feasible in a month and most value yeah for the smallest mvp you can do mm-hmm. did it ever feel like you were were at a risk of like something never getting traction because you'd like cut off too much or yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) that feels like a real risk yeah yeah um yeah i'm sure that's that's a risk but i feel like if you're if you're focusing on the like the key component of what your idea is you should see some level of traction if it's actually a good idea wherever you're launching that at Mm. what does like success look like when it comes to one of these things like at, at, at one point is something you're like okay this is worth like focusing a lot more attention on or this thing is like the margins are too low this one's not going to be worth it is mm-hmm. that do you, do you kind of think along those lines yeah for like the podcast business it's definitely about margins so like i don't actually do much or i don't do any uh editing anymore so like i have contractors that work work for it work for me doing all those aspects of it um so that's why it's fine if it's like a slow growth kind of thing i don't i'm not like losing time or money to to keep it open and manage it it's like fun to manage it um and for like the new ideas that are more like more product focused um really any type of profits that are more automated would be a win because mm-hmm. it's not going to cost me anything to keep something running in the background so ideally being that something slowly grows up to take a sizable portion of my expenses each month and just replace those so. mm-hmm just like work on something yeah you enjoy doing do you usually have like an exit in mind that you're working towards or no no No. it's just kind of and it and it sounds like a major reason is just like exposing yourself to new technologies like you were Mm -hmm. were saying yeah it's an opportunity to try out things i'm interested in but like don't necessarily have a reason just like dive into Mm -hmm. so it's um definitely learn better trying to build something have a feature set and then trying to figure out how to build it with this new technology versus just learning this new technology yeah do you do you feel like the the technology itself makes it easier to launch like some some of those products or like build build features yeah i think so uh like i hadn't really done much with firebase but to get stuff running with firebase for the um the positive impact tech jobs is like super easy and really fast like surprisingly quick development Mm -hmm. um 
and this the the fourth one I'm working on, which is in progress, just like working with serverless and Dynamo DB and just Lambda functions is like really fast too, surprisingly fast. Yeah. So I, I didn't have a reason to work with any of these before, but just like and not really doing much back end at all either. So it's just like kind of just starting to touch into these things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah, developed already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the products are so good and so focused and they usually have like in like entry level plans that are you can just like glue a bunch of these things together and yeah. 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 I, I have this um uh this script that I, I often run in it was I, I need to write a blog post about it, but I was trying to like test my internet speed at my house on a regular basis and so I was like, Oh man, I, it'd be really cool if I can not only just do this for myself, but like aggregate data from like anyone else who wants to run this script on a regular basis. And so uh, there's like an install script that I would run or anyone can like go run and it basically just like regularly pings this endpoint uh, on this like domain that I set up. And initially I was like, okay, I'm gonna like write a little Lumen app, which is like a Laravel micro framework. And then I'm gonna deploy it on like a digital ocean droplet. And like, but then I had to like manage a droplet and like the server would crash like every two months or something like <laughs> now that. Now you have two problems. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so then lately I was like, oh man, I like this is something that I could totally do with serverless. And so uh, I was looking into like Google Cloud Run, which was, um, like actually like running like a node, like an express server. And then I was reading even more into it. And I was like, wait, I don't even need an express server. I just need a single function that writes an input to mm-hmm. uh, like BigQuery or, or a, a big, God, why can't I think of it? BigQuery is a Google service. Yeah. Um, and, and like, that's all I needed because then now I have a, like a dashboard that's hooked up to BigQuery and lit- like literally it's just one single function that just processes an input from, mm-hmm. from a bash yeah. script and like, that's it. And you don't have to pay for like an yeah. instance to be up all the time. Yeah. And it's like, free for like a million requests right. a month. I'm like, I'm never going <laughs> to, yeah, I'm never going to hit that. Thanks. So, yeah, I, I remember first hearing about like CSS tricks, um, like re-architecting their backend and switching everything over to like Lambda functions for all their like pre-processing stuff for CS- for like their CSS pre-processors mm. and it lowered their costs by like like tenfold yeah finally. well I mean the um, what is it free code camp has like a really great article on how they basically like utilize all these like n- like Netlify and like all mm-hmm. these free static gen services and they really just have like one really small service that manages the actual free code camp platform but everything mm-hmm. else is like just static hosting yeah so. just like on demand yeah it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Netlify is amazing. Yeah, I was immediately excited, just like playing with it. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. It's so the the joy of like dropping a folder and uh, like into a little window on your browser, and then it like deploying a website from from that, and it's mm. it's got like your TLS all set up and everything. And it's amazing. Yeah, it's so great. Such a great like you experience <laughs> <laughs> um so we only have a few minutes left but i know you wanted to talk yeah. a little more about like digital nomad and planning stuff yeah so uh would you like to get into that for a second yeah i mean um i guess like i'm i'm definitely a person who like i work remotely right now i would like to be able to like do more traveling you know a- along with that remote work but i'm i'm really worried that it would like jeopardize my job potentially somehow if I like my hours started to become more irregular or like quality of work decrease because I'm having to do all this other like 
outside of work, like managing. Like, I don't have a place to sleep tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So I've just been like hours on Airbnb or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just wonder if, if you think there's like, even like personality traits maybe that like for, for people who can like be successful and also live like kind of not tied down any, you know, one place or. Yeah, that makes sense. What, what's it take? <laughs> and, and I know that's a hard like question to answer. It's probably different for a lot of people, but like, what what is it for you? Maybe. I, I feel like the success of doing remote work has like definitely fluctuated um, since I'm the last three years working on it. Uh, I think that's kind of why. Or I think for me personally, it's a lot easier just to like overwork and then get burnt out, since there's a lot less accountability. So instead of like, uh, I think maybe a lot of people the same way but instead of underworking and under uh delivering you just you over deliver in fe- because you're afraid of not delivering because yeah. <laughs> there's no like oversight over you you know mm-hmm. um so i think that's probably like on the extreme end on one side and the other side it's like it's it's, it's like difficult to go visit amazing places and you you don't want to be like working all day long yeah right? but then you need to be sitting in your airbnb or hotel room or wherever um cranking out the work and uh like time differences i guess if you're not u.s based Mm -hmm. uh i guess time management is really important you know Mm -hmm. that's the only thing that's been useful for me (laughs) do you so i know you use like asana at one point in time to like manage your projects did you ever like like what type of tools do you use to help manage your process or your clients or your contractor status or whatever whatever else there might be for the agency I do contract for, uh, we use a few different things like Rike um, for my personal Rike and Toggle is what I use for billing them, um, and then for like my own uh, like projects and the podcast business, I use yeah Sana still, and that's definitely useful. Uh, at some point, there's just too much like time management happening though across all these different platforms. It can be hard to sync those up. Yeah, but definitely needs something to. Uh, yeah, to keep it all manageable. Um, I keep just like a giant uh, bear notes app thing open all the mm-hmm. time, which is my checklist of things for the day. And I like to like group those down into manageable sizes and just try and work it down because it's easy to like kind of get pulled in all different directions trying to make some type of progress and then mm-hmm. feel like you haven't done anything all day, you know? So it's yeah. all about like getting that momentum, <laughs> at least for me. Just feeling productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of some people who, um, uh, I can't remember if, I think it was that, um, uh, what, what service is it where you can like call in and they have a, uh, like, like, um, I, 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 the name's coming to me. It's not superhuman, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's, talking about. Yeah, uh it, it's where you, you kind of have like an accountability group and you show like you get on this call at like eight in the morning and you all state your goals for the next, you know, hour Stand up meeting. What's it called? <laughs> no, it's like a service. Um, but, but, but the person who runs this thing, um, is it over? I can't remember. Uh, but the, I, I heard an interview with the person who came up with this idea and they, they, um, like almost obsessively I, I would like it seems it seems like you're almost spending too much time in your own time management at this mm. point because they go down to like 15 minute increments and know exactly and they're playing their entire day mm. in, in these like chunks 
Um, I could never do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get in the flow. You know? Well, and it's yeah, exactly, because it takes it. It takes me like, and I think um, the, it, a common number that I've heard is something like three to four hours to get into like a flow state where you're like, if you have some really difficult problem that you need to solve, and like all the context switching that we have to do all the time. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I really like like that idea of at, at least like that day, like have have your goals and. Um, especially in something like a bear mm. note, notepad, because then you can like move, move those around really easily. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, like just saying down. no to other people too, like as all those distractions pop up, like that's really hard because yeah. I always want to like save the day. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. You know, yeah, it's my the ones that always get me are the ones that someone's like, hey, do you have like two minutes to look at this? And, and I'll just be like, <laughs> yeah, just send it over. I mean, I'll still be working, but then if they send me something and I go, oh. Yeah, that only takes like five minutes to fix. Like, yeah, then I'll have it out in the next 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, let me get back to you 20 minutes. Yeah, then like 20 or 30 minutes later, I'm like, oh, hey, look, I did this thing. And I was like, oh, shit, no, I just lost like, yeah. (laughs) I usually like just keep myself logged out of Slack unless, um, or for about like two hours a day, I'll be logged into Slack and the rest of the day, I'll just have myself as hidden away. So that's it. And that's how I can get my stuff done usually. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's just like nonstop otherwise yeah there's like a hundred people in my work slack and we have all these like i mean I, I i love it and the conversations are great and you know it definitely it's good for like rapport and all that kind of stuff but we have like a music channel a book channel a film channel <laughs> like i mute a lot of rooms in our slack <laughs> yeah 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 i've started like muting more and more because it's like it's it's difficult to actually to like talk about something that's past a particular complexity threshold on slack mm-hmm. Because it's like because the chronolo because it's just constantly disappearing, and then you have to like go back and repoll and try to like catch up on the conversation, and it just ends up like I'll just spend all day just observing Slack, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all the conversations in Slack, and yeah, there's just got to be some. I think that's a really important part of the personal management aspect is like planning enough ahead to know that like there's going to be some things that like you have to say no to and like block out in order yeah. to accomplish those goals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, we're kind of at the end of our uh, time slide, but I wanted to ask what, um, it, for people who are looking to do more remote work or become a digital mo- nomad as I guess monad. We, monad, a digital monad, digital monads, uh, <laughs> you know, what, what advice would you give to them? Um, like that they should be aware of or like how, how can they keep themselves motivated or, um, you know, just in general, like, like what would you tell someone who wanted to live that lifestyle? I feel like one of the big, they're the most important parts for me has been like getting out of the house and finding somewhere to work with other people. You can get really lonely and isolated just working at your house all the time, like finding a covering spot or even just going to coffee shops like pretty regularly is how like you get, I feel more motivated at a coffee shop working around other people and just like interacting with people, you know. Mm-hmm. But probably that's the biggest one is like isolation is definitely real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't take long. Like if you have a whole week where you just work from your house, like I start to really get down. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, <laughs> Especially if you're coming straight from like an office environment where you yeah. like have that in-person communication all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like the one thing that my my last manager kind of brought up all the time was that like you know, and when you're a remote worker, you can never like 
like walk it's never like you're in mm. an office and someone walks by and like puts their hands like on your shoulder like, hey how's it going like yeah. or hey what's going on where you didn't you know so you kind of miss out or let me look at what you're doing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly you're like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh well cool man uh so john so if anyone wanted to get a hold of you or heck if anyone wanted you to edit their podcast uh maybe we will uh how can can they get a hold of you on the internet uh for the podcast they can get hold of me at thepodcastcreative.com or at john at thepodcastcreative.com and then i also have uh, my personal site johnpotis.com where i blog every once in a while and about like the uh the 12 the 12 MVP product this year. So. You have to pick it up do at least two a month for the next two months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would, um, one other thing, because it seems like you've done like a lot of research on how to like live this kind of life. Are there any like book recommendations or particular books or podcasts, that kind of stuff to like help with this digital nomading or like product um, I'm, just, I'm reading uh, Company of One right now by Paul Jarvis, and I'm just like loving that book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, just kind of like yeah. the idea of just questioning growth and slow growth, um, and Company of One being like where you can manage and and uh, like saying this business yourself, yeah. Yeah, the the one being like like just a one person company that like, you're not as always just a one person company, but like the mindset of like mm. this is the one, yeah. Mm. So um. Yeah, it's been great. I would highly recommend that. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Sean. I'll miss you when you're in Portugal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to come visit. Yes, you are, definitely. Yeah. Just get your visa. Uh, No, you just need a passport. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to live there. I'm just going to visit. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Might stay. It is GMT zero there, so... Alright. Alright. Thanks everyone. Check the Appreciate you. Bye. Also, John. To you. Hello, to John. The other side of the John coming at you live and in. You sound like Chopper Dan. Shocker Dan. Chopper Dan. Just Chopper Dan. Like, like, uh, you know, like Chopper Dan. Like, he's the guy doing the sky oh, can traffic the review. <laughs> like, oh, we gotta. Yeah. Oh, the four. Yeah, what? Well, like, <laughs> the four oh four is looking real clogged right now so i'm gonna recommend everyone go around chopper dan <laughs> <laughs>